Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everything that we do every day, we want to be a champion. Get your mind right and let's go. Do the little things. Win every day. It's a simplistic play football. Everything with an attitude. Got a family. I don't give a shit who we're playing. This is a mauling, folks, a mauling. Fear the tide, honey badger. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Powered by Bama Hammer. Tom, all of a sudden, it's spring practice, so... Why don't we do a little two-part uh, series? We'll do a couple of the key things that we're looking for on offense, a couple of key things we're looking for on defense. We will specifically exclude quarterbacks because we're going to come back and do an all-quarterback show. You know, why don't we do what we do? We'll do some things that are uh, mainline topics, mainstream topics, and we'll do a couple things that are maybe a little under the covers that uh, you, won't see, uh, uh, you won't see written about anywhere, but uh, maybe you'll hear us uh, weigh in on some opinions. How's that sound? Sounds good, man. I'm ready to go. Fantastic. Why don't you start us off and uh, jump into uh, offense. What's something you're really looking forward to see play out during spring drills on the offensive side of the ball? Man, you know, uh, two years ago, we we talked about the loss of Michael Williams. We talked about how he played three positions and how we really didn't have anybody that was going to be able to step in and, and fill his shoes. This year, that player is Jostin Fowler. I wish somehow we had one year left to that guy coming back because he's a big hole to fill. And um, I'm anxious to see who's going to step in and assume that that uh, Michael Williams, Jostin Fowler role and, and wear three different hats at one time during the football game. Yeah, I, I mean, I absolutely agree. And, you know, I'm kind of looking at some of the things that I put down and, and uh, you know, I could kind of flow into one of two areas because I think – and, and that just speaks to really what you're going for, right, his, his versatility, right, in the, in, the, in the man of one person or in the person of one man, you know, he was able to do multiple things. And, and so when I look at what, even how do I want to advance that topic, what position do I want to talk about that under, you know, halfback, fullback, tailback, tight end. I think, and, and we talked about this a little during the recruiting show, but um, I think it's going to be interesting kind of in that vein because we are going to miss a player like uh, like Justin. I think it's going to be interesting to see how quick a player like Bo Scarborough 
look, clearly he's athletic, but how quick can he learn that many different, you know, positions, so to speak? Because I think he's the answer. I just don't think we're going to see like the full expression of that answer this spring and, and maybe not even in the fall. It may be next year before we start to see uh, start to see that. And that's going to be a little bit frustrating because we've been so used to the multi-talented uh, Jelson Fowler. No, absolutely. And it's kind of like in that position, Justin Fowler and Michael Williams had been with the program for a while. And yep. these were both very intelligent guys. You know, one's already in the pros and the other one will be before very, you know, in the very near future. And so kind of like on defense where you don't, you know, it takes a while to learn the defense and, and guys aren't able to start as freshmen because they just can't grasp it all. I think you're going to see two or three guys in that spot trying to do what they do and, and trying to have the sum of parts be be as close as possible to a Justin Fowler. So I think you see a Bo Scar- you know, Scarborough, um, you know, doing one role of those three hats. You know, I think you might see, you know, Michael Nicewander come yeah. in and, and, and do, you know, what, what he knows he can do, which is be the traditional fullback, right? And then you're going to see yet a third guy, and it'll be fun to see who that's going to be, um, do more of the pass catching at the goal line for touchdowns like Jostin was able to do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Saban in his, uh, you know, in his press conference coming out of, you know, day one of practice talked about uh, how quickly – are they going to really develop Scarborough and, and what all they are they going to do with them? And, you know, Saban tried to be a little cagey in his response, but, it, but his, you know, once you kind of learn to kind of read the, the Saban tea leaves, you can see that the trail that he left, I, I thought pretty obviously. And he said, look, you know, we're going to, and it's just like you said, right. We're going to bring them along. We're not going to teach them every dynamic element. We're not going to teach them multiple positions. He's going to start out at tailback, and we're going to teach him the position of tailback. Uh, oh, by the way, we don't have a Justin Fowler on on the roster, and oh, by the way, we do have Michael Nicewander uh, on the roster who can play, you know, that uh, that halfback position. So clearly, you see the dots connect of what what we want to do with Bo. It's just going to be a function of how quickly. Uh, we're able to do that. You know, I've already said, I don't think it's going to be immediate. It'll be interesting to see, you know, how he lines up in 8A. And again, we've got a couple of weeks for this, but uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, I think clearly we're going to give him the ball running. Uh, but uh, what sort of plays do we script? Do we layer in to see him catch the ball, to see him maybe in motion? Um, I think the answer lies there because if you start to turn to, you know, we'll, we'll just we'll just play. You know, Michael Nicewander. You know, I guess we did with Kelly Johnson a couple of years ago, but it just doesn't seem like that's where we want to go with that position. And I've got nothing against Michael. He's doing he's doing something that you know both of us wish that that we could. I just you know it's not what we need at that position to win in the SEC over the long haul. So it, like I said, it's going to be fun to see uh, see how it plays out with uh, with Bo. No, absolutely. What is what is something that jumps out for you that that you're looking to see on offense? Well, I'm going to keep sort of in in the theme that we're talking about with this one player uh, that can do multiple different things. And I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to stay in that hub and and I'm going to talk about tight end. Uh, this is a real critical area, I think that uh, that we need to develop this season. You know, we know what OJ Howard can be. But he's been a little limited. Uh, he's been contained. He's been limited as a blocker. And when we do bring him in, 
you know, kind of third and long situations to uh, it's kind of predictable. Uh, and we've talked about that during the season. So we really need to see him develop another element to, to his game. If we're really going to see the top end production uh, from him, but you mentioned Michael Williams is a guy that we've struggled to replace. And, and you and I, you and I have sort of beat that horse, right? Trying to, trying to find who's going to be the next Michael Williams. Well, I'm scratching my head now wondering who's going to be the next Brian Vogler. Uh, you know, Michael Williams is a dream, right? Who are we going to get to replace Vogler? Someone that was capable in the passing game, capable uh, in, in the, uh, the, the running game with, the, with his block. I mean, he wasn't an all-star at it, but, but he, he really worked and developed and refined his, his skill there. Right now, it looks as if we really don't have a tight end that can do both. And Ty Forney Smith is just really going to have to step up. And this spring, you know, maybe when I when I put the question mark on tight end, maybe it's really more granularly a question about Ty Flurry Smith because we really need production, uh, multifaceted production at this at this position. We need to see something grow out of this out of spring here pretty quickly. Sure, and you know what's interesting about the tight end position is. It just doesn't seem like Alabama uses the strength they have. They don't seem to really incorporate the talent that they have as well as they really should. Right. What I mean by that is, is I know Brian Vogler got you know banged up some at the end of the season, but dude, just for his pro day, just ran a you know forty time in like four seven nine or four eight something. You know, like all the NFL scouts were like scratching their head at, at how good of a pro day he had. They were expecting this lumberjack come there and run a five two forty, and you know this guy's got no shot, and he kind of blows them away in the pro day. Right. And my and my point of mentioning that is is that the boy ran like a four seven nine forty. Let me say that again. I didn't think he could run a four seven nine forty. No, I didn't. And so, and so I'm thinking, why did we never use him in a game to take advantage of a four seven nine forty? You see where I'm going with this? It's like it's like OJ Howard, Brian Vogler, other guys that we've had, even Michael Williams. I don't think we got the ball to him as much as we should have. An athletic kid that played you know basketball in high school that you know that was his first love to start with. Very athletic, and so it's almost like we just we're never going to have that guy to catch. 30, 40 balls at tight end. That's just not going to be the thing we do at Alabama. No. And so it makes you wonder how we even get an OJ Howard or, or how we even get the Juco kid in light of that. Well, yeah, that, I mean, that's a fair question, right? And especially, especially with Howard, right? I mean, he's the guy that, that wanted to be recruited as, as a wide receiver. Uh, and so it, you, you talk about his, his capability and, and his skill set. Uh, even relative to, to to Vogler, and we've not been able to to sort of work him in. Now I agree, we need we need somebody that can block, and I think Vogler we've you know was was functional in that area, and and so we kind of uh, we kind of went with that. I wouldn't downplay his injury, uh, you know, last season. I think he was banged up pretty good, and and uh, you know obviously this off season has done has done well for him. But you know we talked about during even recruiting. Who do we potentially even move over to the tight end position? And I see where Brian, uh, Brandon is actually moving back to the offensive line. Uh, so we're going to slide him, try to slide him back in and let him compete at tackle. 
But Johnny Dwight, uh, a redshirt defensive lineman from last year's recruiting class, is getting a shot at tight end. And I think he goes about 6'2", right at about 300 pounds. So he's a little shorter than what we'd like. Uh, I don't know how quick and, and nimble he is maybe getting out and, uh, and running routes, but he at least is, you know, gives us some beef um, in, a, uh, in a blocking uh, type situation. So it'll be interesting to see how he develops. You know, Michael Williams, I mean, didn't we say that he moved over from a defensive end early in his career? So I'm not projecting the same type of trajectory for Johnny Dwight, but getting him early enough in his career, uh, and this is just an experiment. We don't know if it's going to, you know, we always do that kind of in the spring and early fall camp. So this could be off or not, but uh, and it's an interesting that, uh, and we talk about it recruiting, you know, this is a position where we identified it as a miss, and uh, we think we're going to load up in, in recruiting next season. But we've got to we've got to do something about it this season. And the tight end position, and and I want to be careful that I'm not being you know too hyperbole here because you know clearly the quarterback's the best position or, or the the most influential positions, and and there's others as well. But when you talk about a tight end that that is versatile enough to to play a role in the in the passing game as well as the the running game with the blocking and then you sort of overlay that with an offense that's going to have three new starters on the offensive line a new quarterback a new halfback essentially three brand new receivers I mean that's a recipe for you know a six and six season for some teams right and so we're Alabama we don't have six and six seasons kind of knock on wood and especially you know in this era that we don't even look at that. We don't even bat an eye at those kind of losses. But, uh, you know, as much as it's going to take to overcome those, I do think the tight end position will play a critical role in how we manage uh, the overcoming process. Well, you know, what's interesting is, is that, you know, typically when you have a new quarterback, right, his safety blanket is that tight end. Yep. At least that's the case in the pros, right? And so that that six, seven yard out to that mammoth tight end is, is what that, you know, quarterback's best friend. Well, we had two quarterbacks in consecutive terms at Alabama that each played three years. And then we get Blake Sims, who who deserves to win the starting job, brand new quarterback. And we still didn't incorporate the tight end. I mean, there's their safety blanket right there. Right. And so, you know, <laughs> With 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 the splashes that we have seen OJ do in like the LSU game, you see that one play on tape and you're like, this guy should be getting the ball two or three times a game. Yep. And so I really don't understand it unless Lane Kiffin just said we're gonna ride the Amari Cooper horse and we're just gonna ride it. Well and, and so maybe now and so maybe now, real quick, that your star's gone everybody's got to step up and maybe that's what's going to allow OJ Howard the opportunity that he needs. Yeah. And, and see, it is kind of circular that way, right? Because, you know, not only, not only does, you know, Kiffin sort of have his approach, but, you know, we also were breaking in, uh, you know, a quarterback that needed to develop some comfort. And so let's go to the best wide receiver in the country uh, repeatedly. And, uh, and look, he was open quite a lot too, right? I mean, uh, and so in some respects, you under, you know, you have to understand why, why we did that. Certainly with that not in play and, uh, you know, obviously a different quarterback as well, but with Amari not in play, uh, there's a lot of catches to be had. And I suspect that, uh, 
that Howard will get his fair share of them. I just think for him to see more time on the field, he's got to beef up his blocking, and we have to find someone else. Uh, because we do play a lot of two tight end sets, and uh, you know, we don't need OJ to be so predictable that when he's in, we're passing, and you know, most likely passing to him. Uh, but we need him to be able to, to to be on the field in a two tight end set, uh, still run the ball, and then the other the other tight end needs to be capable in terms of uh, going out in motion and catching some passes too. And that was kind of the book on Florney Smith, and so. Um, you know, I, I look forward to, to uh, you know, I, I'm going to be bullish on the position. This is a concern that I have in spring, but I'm going to be bullish. You know, we look at, you know, sort of the history of Colin Peak and Preston Dial and Brad Smelly and, and Brian Vogler. And we've, we've always kind of found that guy. And, uh, and I'm quite hopeful that uh, that Florney has just kind of kind of emerged this season and uh, and be ready to go for us. Okay. Talk us uh, talk about another uh, uh, key item that you're watching on offense. Man, I, I really want to talk offensive line, but I, I just can't can't help but to to go back to to my boy Chris Black. Um, you know, I I know our Darius Stewart was was definitely shining. Um, you know, when when he, when he had opportunities as well. But last year, I was really disappointed in the depth of the wide receiver position. You know, DeAndre White's another. You know, DeAndre White's another kid that that really just had a really good. Uh, combine uh, had a nice pro day. Yep. Um, has, has probably done well for himself. And so you you look at this and you're like, you know, the kid caught 20 passes last year as a fifth year, you know, senior wide receiver. So I'm I'm anxious to see the the depth of these great recruits that we've had, you know, come to fruition. I truly believe that if we can have a I think if the quarterback that wins the position, I know we're not talking about quarterback, sure, sure. but we need a quarterback Someone's gonna win. that can, we need, we, whoever wins this position needs to be your prototypical drop back, five step drop, survey the field, strong arm, and pick defenses apart to utilize the wide receivers that we have. And if that happens, then I think you're going to see some good things. Um, from Robert Foster, Chris Black, and Cam Sims. So of those guys, who am I really looking to shine? Chris Black. Chris Black. Because Chris Black was the was the highest rated receiver in that class with Amari Cooper, and and I'm ready for him to to just I'm ready to him to have that that year like like I expected him to have last year. I think that's fair. I think that um, you know it's going to be interesting to see how we play that, right? You know, we had, we had uh, certainly a go-to guy last year, and we don't know who the go-to guy is this year. It could be Chris Black. It could be Calvin Ridley coming in with, with all this. It could be Cameron Sins. It could be, um, you know, it could be any number of guys. And so that's, that's going to be compelling. That's going to be interesting. I wonder if we don't win uh, in, in the receiving game more with combination routes to try to uh, create uh, open spaces and then have the quarterback distribute the ball. Uh, our Darius Stewart's the name that I was slipping on just a second ago uh, and, and have the quarterback just really distribute the ball. And it's, and it's a cliche in sports and I don't, and I almost don't want to use it, but sometimes, you know, sometimes there's addition by subtraction. You'd always rather have 
a Julio Jones or Amari Cooper on your team. You would just always rather have that. Right. But there are times, though, when you will catch, and and maybe this happens more in basketball, right, when you have just a superstar player like that, you will catch other people watching them play instead of them moving without the ball. And so, you know, the analogy is is not perfect, but it's similar. You know, you have receivers that say, I'm the third option on this route. I'm not getting the ball because, you know, the first two options are both Amari and I'm the third option on the other side of the field. I'm not getting this right. And that can impact how you run that route, right? And so if truly the quarterback is just going to distribute the ball to whoever's open, then you always have to be alert. You always have to to make that cut, that break just right. You always have to have your eyes, you know, open and uh, and looking for the ball. And so there could be some of that uh, that could play out. And that's going to be interesting because, you know, like we said, there's going to be a lot of passes to go around. It's just and it's in and it's going to be, you know, open competition to see who gets who gets a big share of them. No, absolutely. What else jumps out at you on an offense? Anything on the uh, offensive line that you that you're keying on? Yeah, I you know I had that down as is is definitely something I I wanted us to talk about. Uh, you know we're replacing three starters across the offensive line. That's always a big deal. You know, sixty percent of your of your of your guys there, and so you know left tackle uh, in both guard positions. We've also Grant got uh, Grant Hill out on a medical leave, and and some of the terminology there. Uh, we'll just have to see how that plays out, but. Uh, the terminology is not promising, you know, that he's subject to be back just any minute. Uh, it could be an extended. And so the fact, and we talked about this during the season too, right, that we were playing a lot of guys in offensive line, and that's going to bode well for our future. Well, we expected Grant Hill to be amongst the starting five this next season. And so you could reason, if you wanted to do this, right, you could reason that, and I think he was one of our swing linemen last year, too. So we're losing three starters and a swing lineman. So you could say that, you know, maybe we're down four linemen. Uh, it would be an interesting way of looking at it. Look, I think Dominic Jackson and Bradley Bozeman are going to compete for the right tackle spot. Brad, throw a little Brandon Green in there, too, because he's moving back from the tight end position. We have recruited a lot of guards the last uh, Bozeman, Pierce Barker, Shank, Hassenauer, uh, who's probably more of a true center, but, you know, we could plug him in at guard. And so, but with both guard positions being open, man, that's going to be some bloody competition uh, to see who, are, who who earns those spots because, you know, that's going to be, uh, uh, what is it, musical chairs, right? <laughs> the music's going to stop and somebody's going to be without a starting guard position, but a couple guys are going to get it. That's going to be some good competition. Well, it is, and you you mentioned Brandon Green moving back because you know a couple of years ago I was I was pretty high on his yep. ability to to be one of the starting five, and so it makes you wonder due to the discussion we just had about tight end and how much we have a two tight end set, and at the goal line we have a three tight end set, right? Um, Brandon Green was very capable with his big frame to come in um, as a six offensive lineman and come in on goal line situations. And so you wonder, is Brandon Green seeing an opportunity to play more and wants to seize that? I doubt it because that just is not how things happen at Alabama. 
And so for them to move Brandon Green back to offensive line is very curious because they don't have two guys at tight end right now. And you could argue that Brandon Green and OJ Howard is a is is your best two options right at the tight end position right now on run situations. So for them to move him back to offensive line is very interesting in my opinion. I think it's his best opportunity for prolonged playing time and not just you know situational. If he can earn you know the starting right tackle spot, and I and I and I you look, I think he has a fair shot of of doing it too because he's he's had you know, some playing time on, on the line and blocking. So I give him, I, I give him, you know, a, you know, a fighter's chance at winning the job. I, I probably think that Dominic Jackson wins it, but, uh, you know, for the, we're talking about these guys at, it goes, you know, Shank and Pierce Bacher, uh, in Bozeman. I, I tell you what, if Brandon green steps up and declares and plants his flag at the right tackle position, one of these guards is going home because Dominic Jackson will just step over and take that position. Uh, well, that, well, that's what I was going to say is, is that right now there is no big tight end option. Ryan Vogler was not a great blocking tight end. He right. was okay, but he was not Michael Williams. No, no. So, so, so my point of that comment was by taking Brandon Green and putting him back in the offensive line mix, you take out probably your best run blocking tight end on the roster – that I'd at least like to have in there next to a tackle on a third and one. Well, no, no, no. No, listen, I hear what you're saying. I think that in that situation, you would just bring your first guard in off, and you'd go, you know, for example, right guard, right guard, right tackle. Sure. And just bump and green out. And then, oh, by the way, we could do a tackle tackle eligible with a tackle who's played some tight end. So I I think that we would get the same, and this is why maybe I didn't respond to it the first time the first time you said it. I think we'll get the same sort of outcome. It's just he won't be wearing a tight end hat. He'll just be wearing a left you know a right tackle hat. I I think the fact that that they're moving him back is a better sign that they think they need Dominic, Dominic Jackson to man the left guard position, in my opinion. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. I think that they're like, we really need Brandon Green to try to win right tackle so that we can do something else with Dominic Jackson. Okay. Interesting. Because I, because I think Bozeman and Pierce Bacher, uh, and then, and then, you know, Bank, I don't want to rule him out either. I think those are three good options at guard. It sounds like you're saying they're not good enough uh, that we hope uh, Dom can can chip in at guard while Brandon Green takes takes tackle. Is that what I'm hearing? Either that, or they want Dominic Jackson to have some competition. That's fair. That's fair. Either either that, or they don't see enough competition at the spots the way they're laid out. Well, and that's that fair way. too, right? If you think about it, you know, you want more than just two tackles. You want to have you know, I mean, especially with Grant Hill not being there, you you need an extra tackle. And so if Dominic can can play swing guard and tackle, but there's no one backing him up at tackle, then then you kind of are in a pickle. Right. right. So not only from a competition standpoint, but just from depth on the roster, uh, de- depth on the roster. So, you know, if you bring Brandon Green in, then you've got, 
a little bit of both, right? You've got some competition as well as, you know, some depth there. What I think we'll see, and this is kind of, you know, this almost goes without saying, but, you know, we'll put it out there. We're going to be a lot of shifting, a lot of players, a lot of maybe even awkward, like, why are we playing Ryan Kelly at tackle? I never would have predicted that. Well, we're, we're going to put our best five out there, and we're going to experiment like heck uh, during spring to find out who, who those are. And I, and I would predict that whoever comes out of spring as the starting five, I, I would, you know, bar an injury or, you know, whatever, I, I would, you know, I'd put a hundy down that that's the starter in Dallas against uh, Wisconsin. Well, to your point, it will be interesting just because of the pure number of guys that, that we have with open spots. Right. Um, definitely. Anything else out of offense before we uh, flip to defense? Is there something that really just jumps out at you? I'm surprised you didn't talk any Kenyon Drake, to be quite <laughs> honest with you. I mean, at least give the listeners 15 seconds on Drake because I know you can't hold it in until uh, till, till August. No, we'd have to do a Kenyon Drake show. I would just have to sit and mutter his name in, in a dark room or something. Uh, man, the fact that he is back, uh, he ran uh, a 4-4, uh, 40 as uh, is, is the team just recently, you know, test speed drilled uh, the players. Uh, you know, one thing I like that I think Saban was right is, you know, his speed's not sustainable because he's not been in the training. Or, I mean, he's been going through the training, but just because he's coming back from injury, he doesn't have uh, sort of the reserves, uh, if you will, that the other guys do. But he's going to get that back. Um, if he's running a 4-4, he's feeling pretty good, right? And uh, and that's a, that is a dynamic element that he brings to our offense that we lacked. I'd been – you know why we didn't try to do something with our Darius, and and why we didn't try to recreate that dynamic uh, some somewhere else. I don't know, but man, having him on the field, that I very much look forward to. I almost just want to put him on ice in the spring, right? He needs to be on a pitch count, uh, but uh, I do look forward to him being back because I just think he brings a lot. Uh, I think he brings a lot to the table. Well, I definitely. Think that um, he will he will he will provide a very contrasting style to Derrick Henry, and um, yes. give teams something totally different to prepare for. And um, we we definitely need that contrast. Got hey, uh, flip 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 the field to, to Dems or what were you gonna say? I was gonna say, uh, man, if you think about you know sort of the battering ram of of Derrick Henry uh, with some Bo Scarborough sprinkled in, and then. <laughs> And then you run around the edge with uh, with Kenyon. I mean, we saw that to a degree last year. You know, Yeldon was sort of a hybrid. He he was a little bit bruiser, a little bit you know speed. I, I think I think when you take Bo and uh, and Derek, they're both sort of the big power backs. And uh, and really, then the contrast to Drake is just that much more stark. Yeah, I'm excited about what uh, you know what he can do for the offense. So. Uh, so that's truly exciting. Hey, why don't we break now, and then we'll come back and uh, in a, in a second show we'll do a part two on uh, defense. Is there anything critical on offense? I mean, there's a million things, right? We could do this for you know for a week, right? But is there anything kind of top of mind that you have uh, on on offense? I think that's the I think that's the biggest things that that I'm looking to see. Yeah, I want to see Taron Jones get out of suspension. I don't know how that happens, but. Uh, you know, we'll see. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he's back before it's all said and done. But why don't we put a wrap on this? 
Uh, check us out on iTunes. Leave us a, uh, a uh, an authentic review there, and we'll cover it on the air. And uh, Tom, we'll come back and do defense. All right, man. Sounds good. This has been another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a roll tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, T-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tide. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide.